Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson, and it's good to see you, Luann. What have you been up to this week? Oh, man, it has been a busy week for Encouragement Cafe, for radio, for our home life. But I got to tell you, something happened last week, Rachel, that just kind of stopped me in my tracks. It was 1030 at night. I had already taken my shower. I had my my hair had just dried naturally, so it was a mess. I didn't blow it dry. And in my pajamas, I get a phone call. And it is from our pastor. And he says... I hate to call you this late at night, and you feel free to tell me no. And I'm looking over at my husband like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, what's up? And he says, "Uh, there is a young lady that I've been talking to. She reached out to us at the church, and she is trying to escape sex trafficking. And she is coming to the church, and I cannot meet her there without a female around and I thought of you and I wanted to know if you'd come oh my goodness I looked at my husband of course you know him he is so wonderful at supporting all the ministry hats that I wear and he said just be careful so I jumped in the car and I took off my half an hour drive to church and I get there And we're waiting and we're praying and hoping this girl actually shows up. And she does. And she was the most gentle, sweet, mild young lady. Black eye. She had such a precious spirit about her. And as we we talked... I had found out before she got there, my pastor said, when I offered to let her come to the church to talk to us, she said, oh, I can't go to the church. I have no clothes for that. I don't have dress clothes. And he said, you come to the church just the way you are. And so because I had been in my pajamas, I had thrown on some holy jeans and a hooded sweatshirt and a baseball cap. And when she walked through the door, He said, do you see, Luann, this is the way you can dress to come to our church. You are always welcome. And you know, Rachel, she said, I've only been to church occasionally as a kid on Christmas, and all the people there were always dressed so holy, and I never felt like I fit in. And those words have just been ringing in my head. The voices that we listen to can really control the direction of our life. That's interesting. You know, as believers, you know, at a Christmas service, you know, high holy days, as they are sometimes referred to, of course, we want to show up in our Sunday best. You know, it's a we think of it as a way of honoring God. Like, let me put on my best clothes. <laughs> let me put on my most uncomfortable skirt and pantyhose and my most uncomfortable shoes so that Jesus will know how much I love him. <laughs> uh, 
you know, but it like we the impulse to do that is a is a good impulse, you know. I'm willing to get out of my sweats and treat this like a special event, special occasion, an important thing, um, and not just something I'm cramming in between my errands today. But um, but interesting, the unwanted or unintended consequence it might have for others who can't dress that way or don't have those clothes or what kind of message that might send to them about how welcome they would be to show up. Um, and, and perhaps that's why a lot of the uh, community churches, non-denominational churches, mega churches in recent years have gone to a little more casual dress, casual attire. What was interesting uh, was that as we talked that evening, uh, I hit one point, Towards the end of the time, I had prayed with her and I had hugged her. You know me, I have to hug everybody. And she said, I, I, I said, I love you. And she said, How can you love me? How can you love me? You just met me. And I said, I'm not really sure how I can, but I can tell you that I do because God tells me that the love that He has for you is flowing through me right now. So that's how. I mean, it is, it, it is supernatural, and He adores you just the way you are, and He's going to love you, and we're going to be here for you to walk through this if you want. And so, I, I mean, I kick this show off today talking about that because there are so many times, Rachel, that we have a hard time discerning what voice to listen to. And as I work with folks like this young lady, Satan's voice is so loud and screaming in our world today. You can turn on the news any day and you can hear the ugly, vile comments that are made. And, and so I want to really focus in on how we know, how we know what God's voice sounds like. Well, sure. I remember, you know, my father, um, when he was trying to understand my faith, um, understanding this, uh, this God that I had fallen in love with and was building my life around. Um, and I remember him saying to me one night as, as I was trying to tell him exactly as you were trying to tell that young woman, you know, even though you might know, not know it, even though you might not believe it, um, you know, Dad, Jesus loves you, you know, and God loves you. And he died for you as much as he did for me or anyone else. And um, I remember my dad asking me, how am I supposed to love someone that I don't know and I can't see? And that's true. It's uh, no, no other um, kind of way in our life are we, um, do we have a relationship with somebody that we can't see or hear in the traditional sense? And so um, it's an important question to, to talk with people about how do you discern God's voice? How do you know um, who he is. How do you have a relationship with him? Absolutely. And those are fair questions, especially like she told me, I was not brought up in the church. I don't know anything about God. And, and so you have to kind of start right where they are. You know, you have to start 
where God brings them to you. And this young lady didn't know anything. I gave her a book called Jesus Calling that Sarah Young wrote. And for me, that book is wonderful. It gives me little insight all the time. But uh, the next day, she said, this book is over my head. I don't get it. I don't understand. So, yeah, I had to go, okay, let's pare this down so that we can make sure you understand who God is and what he's trying to say. And so we're, we're on this journey together with her. But at the same time, I'm walking with her. God is making me realize that there's a whole lot of Christian ease that we use in our everyday talk that alienates people, just like the dress code did back in the day that made people that didn't have the the right dresses to wear feel like they didn't fit into the church. A lot of times the way we talk, you know, we don't think about washed by the blood, but somebody who doesn't know Jesus and has never heard the story, that could be a scary thing. And she was a little concerned, honestly, and I I can't blame her. I mean, when I stand back and I look at it, I'm like, okay, the voice that God uses is so clear. I mean, when you look in God's word, he used words that were super clear. He didn't didn't try to um, make anything hard to understand. As a matter of fact, he even told stories so that everybody would understand clearly what he was talking about. Like, And I think about God's voice versus Satan's voice. Uh, for instance, like this girl came so anxious and so worried and so frightened. I tried to tell her that, you know, God's voice, when he's speaking to you, the reason that you're here right now is because God compelled you that little that little nudge that you felt to reach out and ask for help that was God because this is the way he works he's very calming and he's comforting but satan is very obsessive and he's very pushy and so when i think about that i was trying to point her to some scripture and when you look at how jesus calmed the storm in mark 4 he was like be still and everything became perfectly calm in that moment and when we when we start leaning in and saying okay god i know that all of the frantic things that i'm hearing on the news i know that the the craziness the worries the obsessive pushy discouraging messages that i hear are not you because you are the calm comfort And so just trying to make those distinctions in my own mind and in my own speech as I'm talking can sometimes be a challenge because when you've been in Christian church uh, and in that Christian ease uh, language for so long, it's almost a habit you have to break. Oh, for sure. Yeah, my mind is still stuck on you telling me just now that you gave her the devotional Jesus Calling, which is scripturally based, but is written in modern language, and it is written as if it were Jesus himself speaking to you. And that, she said, was over her head. 
and um, you know, you were like, oh, okay, we got to go, you know, back down to even further foundation level. I'm still, my mind is still stuck on that because it's making me realize exactly what 20 years of Christianity <laughs> in professional ministry, quotes around that, <laughs> um, has done, you know? It is the, the, the language stuff that you're talking about, whether, you know, washed in the blood or this is the body of Christ or have you had your quiet time today or I just feel a nudge in my spirit that I'm to do this and such, like all of this stuff, this is language that we use, A, habitually, but also B, as like a shorthand, and C, as a signal to other believers how, how Christian we are, if that makes sense, right? How, how, mature, how mature of a believer I am, or how much I know, like it's this whole shorthand language and when we kind of just, you know, operate within Christian circles that all talk this way, we lose our ability to, to talk to those who are still outside and struggling to understand. I wonder, too, you know, do our churches have, um, for lack of a better word, classes or Bible studies or small group studies or whatever the churches are using, do we have ones that are going to reach someone who's at that very base foundational level? Or are all of our classes just helping believers become more mature? You know, that's a great question. And that is one that our church addressed years ago because we felt this tugging of, okay, uh, so you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And this is what I told the young girl the other night. You know, you get, you get to a point in your life where you just are exhausted with trying to do it yourself and trying to figure life out because you keep making bad decisions or wrong decisions and end up in places you don't want to be. And we all need that guiding inner voice that can talk to us and direct us in the right way. And so when you reach that part of of life and evidently you've reached that right now because you've reached out to us to find out, I mean her question was not can you give me a lot of stuff? She wanted to know about God. And so God had absolutely compelled her to come there. And so when you reach that point and you say, okay, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to know more about God, and I want to know what, it, what this all means. Now what? And so our church years ago started a class, and it's a 26-week class. And so it is. it takes 10 to 15 minutes a day where you can learn what it all means from the beginning. And so... What we've done at Encouragement Cafe is I've asked my church, can we put that on our website? Because when we go to events and women give their hearts to God, we don't want to just leave them there because now what? What's next? And so the little um, the study that takes them through 26 weeks is called Essentials. And it does just that. It tells you the essentials of learning who God is and why he created you and what your life is all about and it helps you to find purpose in life and and i love that because we 
in our everyday life kind of lose sight of that. And we lose sight of why God puts us in contact with other people. You know, Rachel, it's not by accident that you teach at a university. God has you there because he wants you, this little bubbling, shining light that you shine for him everywhere you go. He wants you to bump in to some kids and some other professors that don't know him and then have the right language to help them hear the voice of God. And so same with me. I mean, I bumped into this little girl the other night and and I bump into people at the grocery store and I bump into my neighbors. And it's at those moments that we can either decide to pick them apart for what they are doing wrong, or we can say, hey, let me help encourage you. Let me help still those worries in your heart. Let me tell you how you can have comfort. Yes, that's what we need to be doing. That's what we need to do. You know, speaking of of my teaching, I teach a public speaking class this semester. And um, last week in class, they all had to stand up and give a like a three or four minute uh, speech just tells a story from their life. This was the very first speaking assignment, real easy, just get them comfortable um, on their feet talking to the to the group. And you know what happens when you're a Christian professor at a state university is all the Christians talk amongst themselves and they know which professors are believers and they will they will take your class if they can that's what they want to know is who are the other believers and let's try to take their classes so I always have a lot of Christians in my public speaking class and sure enough I kid you not I think it was like a revival in there because um, I took volunteers you know who wants to go first and so instead of calling them out I just let them you know go in the order they wanted to go in and like the first six students straight all were giving testimonies of how Jesus turned their life around like every one of them and the very first the very first girl she stood up there and she talked about how she had been at another university and how she had fallen in with the wrong friend group and how she had just sort of gone along with them and let them dictate her choices and how she found herself at parties and drinking all the time and failing out of her classes and then using drugs and then having lots of sex and then breaking laws and, and running from the police and um, that she realized that something had to change in her life and so she knew she needed to get away from this friend group so she just changed schools she transferred to our school and um, it turns out that her roommates at her new school were Christian and they introduced her to this whole other way of life and and on she goes with her testimony but I could just like see from the corner of my eye the fellow classmates who are not believers that are just floored that this girl is standing here saying all of this to them Um, and then she sits down and the next one gets up with her testimony and then the next one and then the next one and for the most part I thought they did a good job but there were even times in their testimonies when I noticed a few Christianese words and I thought to myself oh your classmates aren't going to know what that means Um, and in a three or four minute you know presentation you don't really have time to explain all of it but um, yeah it is something to keep in mind of how do we how do we reach the the unbeliever how do we understand their mindset and what can we do to um, to help them take their next steps with God I love that I love that that kids are getting up and doing that and being brave enough to 
to say those things. And, and you know, it's it's so God that that he even put roommates that were Christian in their room. That's the way he works. And and that's what that's kind of what I want to boil this down to today because if we think about God's voice, God is not uh, ever going to be that condemning voice. And I'm just going to step on some toes right now because as a church and as believers, I see on social media, I see so much finger pointing and condemning going on. And that is not the way God works. He says, there's only one judge, and it's not us. And what we're called to be is the light. And do exactly what your students were doing. We tell our story of how God changed us. I mean, that's what I told this girl last week. I said, the reason that God brought me here instead of someone else is because I understand where you are and I know what he's done in my life. And so I want you to know that there's hope. And that's the kind of thing that God is calling us to do. He's calling us to use his voice of encouragement, his voice of reassurance, his voice that comforts and calms them. But if we choose instead to be the condemning finger pointers, then we've missed the point. Absolutely. I mean, my student, she she walked into this uh, roommate situation where she's the lone non-believer. They did not treat her like an outcast because of that. I mean, this girl came out of some really, she was doing some rough stuff, you know, um, and they welcomed her in and they pointed her to the light rather than judging her. And it made all the difference when she was listening to the voice of those friends at the other university they led her down a dark path but when she was listening to the voice of the believers that god put in her path fortunately they loved her to christ nobody has ever condemned their way to christ they are loved their way to christ i love that so there is our charge for the week that's what i hope you heard is that when we tune in and we listen closely God will guide us to people who need to hear His love, His encouragement, His reassurance. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.